a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be spending some time uh, talking with Michael Cargill from Central Texas Gunworks. I ran across this story from uh, Fox 7 in Austin, uh, and I, I ran across this yesterday. And I thought, you know, I, I want to write about this, but I want to hold off because I actually want to talk with Michael about this. The uh, Here's the headline. Austin man earns gun license despite having no arms. And yeah, Michael Cargill was the firearms instructor who helped this young man go through a concealed carry course using his feet. That's right. You don't actually have to have arms to bear arms. And we're going to talk with Michael about this incredible story, as well as the uh, Supreme Court uh, accepting Garland versus Cargill, the uh, challenge to the ATF's administratively imposed ban on bump stocks that the uh, court has agreed to hear. This is the first time that the uh, court, and hopefully not the last, that the court is going to be uh, reviewing one of these ATF rules that uh, some appellate courts say actually is new legislation crafted by the ATF, not uh, an existing regulation, but far beyond the agency's authority. Anyway, we'll uh, get to this conversation here in just one second. Before we do that, we do need to talk about something else for just a moment. Biden's America. It is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call GoldCo, so you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. Right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now let's get to our conversation with Michael Cargo from Central Texas Gunworks. An amazing story, overcoming adversity and exercising your Second Amendment rights, as well as, again, uh, Michael's thoughts on the Supreme Court hearing his challenge to the ATF's bump stock ban. Take a look and a listen. Michael, thanks so much for coming on the program. It's great seeing you again, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, but I want to start with this story. This is really incredible. Uh, and I was so pleased to see the positive coverage uh, by uh, Fox 7 in Austin. What can you tell me about this gentleman who who came into the store, wanted some uh, concealed carry training, but, you know, had this I, I, I apologize if this is not the right word to use, but has this you know major disability? It does not have arms. What was your first reaction? Yeah, it was, it was a fluke thing. When he walked into the gun store, we do fingerprinting for the state of Texas for different uh, jobs and things of that nature. So he walked in to get fingerprints for that because someone sent him to me because they didn't know how to do his fingerprint. So which because he doesn't have any fingers. So we you know figured out what we need to do, which is just annotate it, you know, get it done and you know, get that all that stuff submitted. And then, you know, he said, you know, also I've been, you know, wanting to shoot. I want to get my, you know, my concealed handgun license or my Texas license to carry a handgun. So I said, well, you know, we do that here as well. And so he said, well, you know, can you help me? I said, yes, absolutely. No hesitation on your part. 
No, no hesitation whatsoever. Uh, my job is if someone asks me, they walk into the door. My job is to help them and assist them with that and, you know, the best of my ability. So did he have any experience shooting beforehand? No, not at all. Um, so we first had to figure out what handgun that actually would work for him since he was going to be using his feet and his toes. So we had to make sure we got something small enough that he can actually hold. It wasn't too heavy. We had to check the slide, make sure he was able to pull the slide back, you know, kind of work with him like that. And then also um, making sure he pulled the trigger. And then the most important thing, load the rounds in the magazine. Because when it comes to you defending yourself, you're going to have to do everything. You know, no one's going to be there to help you. No one's going to assist you. You have to do everything from start to finish. And I'm, you know, and I want to make sure that I didn't cheat him, you know, uh, by helping him at all. I wanted him to do everything from start to finish. That is just amazing. Um, and so, uh, you know, you say you passed the, the uh, concealed uh, carry course with flying colors, but how much of a learning curve was there to go from not having really an experience shooting to, again, you know, heading to the range, being able to, as you say, just everything from loading that firearm, drawing it from a holster, and again, sending those rounds down range, it seems to me like there must have been a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah, so what we did was first in the classroom, we I worked with him on how he was going to sit, you know, do it, what he was going to do. Uh, the hardest thing, hardest thing for him, believe it or not, was his abs, his abdominal area. And that was something that he didn't, you know, that muscle hasn't really been worked. So he he's already used to using his feet, you know, to do everything else. So he's kind of used to doing that because, so, you know, me, I can't do that. You may not be able to do that, you know, but someone who's, they don't have a choice. You kind of, your body adapts to, you know, to doing things that way. So I got with him, you know, inside the classroom and work with him on a, a particular firearm. You know, we worked on loading the rounds in the ammunition, uh, load, I'm sorry, loading the rounds in the magazine. We then worked on, you know, pulling the slide back, you know, loading it. And then we worked on, you know, the trigger. And so, man, he, he impressed me. And like I said, you know, it, it really brought me to tears to watch this young man who wanted to do this and no one knew how to really help him. And so I, I said, well, you know, I'm, I've never actually worked with anyone with no limbs at all. But I've, I've had someone with, who, had, who had a motorcycle accident that lost a, a right arm and a right, the right leg that was right-handed. And I was able to do that. Um, I thought that would have been harder. But this was, you know, by far something totally different. And so we adapted. It made me adapt. I had to learn as well as an instructor. You know, so it was a learning curve for me, learning curve for him. And we were able to get together and just with a lot of patience, you know, on his part and my part. And he did an outstanding job. I was so impressed. It just, you know, I was totally floored. It really is incredible. Um, and so have you followed up? Does he plan on getting his carry license? Yeah. So he's uh, we've actually turned in all the paperwork and everything, waiting for the license to come back in the mail. And then um, he actually wants to do other guns as well. So, you know, we're we're going to keep on going as far as he wants to go. Then that's where we'll go. That is awesome. I, you know, I, 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 I do have one practical question though. Um, sure. How do you, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm assuming he's wearing footwear, right? Over the course of his daily routine as he's out and about. How does somebody, do you got to kick off your shoe? Do you got to take off your socks? I mean, how do you, you know, if you're in an encounter with somebody and he goes sideways, he can go sideways very quickly. 
Um, how does this individual actually draw their firearm in a in a timely manner? Right. So he has a, a bag that he carries with him, uh, okay. slip on shoes. Uh, and so, you know, that's going to be one of the next steps we also work on as well. You know, getting out of that concealed carry position, because part of the Texas life carry handgun is not really drawing from the holster. Uh, so that's not part of the curriculum. Right. So we are going to work on that and get to that next step as well. Uh, but I, I this young man, I have no worries at all. I know he will be able to defend himself. You know, and it's so great to see this because, again, we talk about the right of the people to keep and bear arms, right? And, you know, the disabled shooting sports, uh, I think, is a really something that most Americans are unaware of. But, man, I mean, with some of the adaptive, uh, you know, equipment that is out there, and again, instructors like yourself, it really seems like there are the only barrier for a lot of folks is going to be themselves, right? If, if there is a will, there is a way for folks to exercise their Second Amendment rights. All right. Either the barrier is going to be the government uh, <laughs> in whatever rules and laws they put in place, right. or that person, you know, that individual themselves. Because wow. as far as instructors, our job is to, you know, you walk into the door. You know, I always tell people I can lead you to water, but I cannot make you drink. There you go. You know, and I'm glad that you brought up the uh, the government regulations because that provides a nice segue to something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, you're going to the Supreme Court, Michael. How about that? Yes, sir. <laughs> we're, we are so excited about this. Uh, the Garland versus Cargill is now headed toward the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has accepted uh, cert, you know, well, and, and so they're going to hear this case either late February or early March of 2024 or sometime in March of 2024. And so we'll see what the federal government has to say. And this is the bump stock lawsuit, you know, Garland versus Cargill, which in essence talks about machine gun, what a definition of machine gun is. And also, can the ATF, an agency within the federal government, can they create a right law? And so we'll see. And it's not just for the ATF. It's not just about guns. It's also about, you know, other agencies. What about the FDA? Uh, any other agency that's out there, you know, can they just arbitrarily turn millions of Americans into felons overnight? Yeah. And this is, you know, this is a an issue, the Administrative Procedures Act. Um, the Supreme Court, this is not the only case actually dealing with the APA that the court has accepted um, in the coming months. Right. So it does appear like the court is really interested in reining in some of the executive branch overreach that we're seeing here. And certainly when it comes to the ATF, not only do we have the bump stock ban, but we've got the rules against frames and receivers. We've got the uh, stabilizing brace rule. Um, and even now, you know, they're promulgating a new rule about uh, engaged in the business of, of selling a firearm, right? And there's a very broad definition about who is engaged in the business. So Cargill versus Garland, Garland versus Cargill is really the, uh, it's hugely important, as you say, not just for, uh, you know, other agencies, but specifically when it comes to reining in these ATF abuses, this really could be the the foot in the door that allows for all of these other rules to be uh, successfully challenged going forward. Correct. This this case, the Garland v. Uh, Cargill case, is setting the stage to you know stop the ATF from going after triggers, whether it's a uh, brace, you know, whatever parts and pieces they're trying to go after, and all agencies like that, because we're talking about something that is in common use by our citizens, and all of a sudden, an agency has decided you know they're just going to ban this particular product and turn you know, over a million people into felons. And that's just not how our constitution was written, you know, and I always tell people, you know, it's just like the schoolhouse rock song, 
you know, you know, someone in Congress has to create a bill that goes through both houses, the president signs it. You know, there's a process. We have a constitution. And the media always talks about the First Amendment. Um, you know, I don't when we get into other things, you know, do you always lose your First Amendment forever? So we have to talk right. about those things. Absolutely. Now, what what is the status in the Fifth Circuit? Um, for the sale of bump stocks, because I got to tell you, it is so hard to keep track of all the injunctions and the injunctions that get stayed and the injunctions that, you know, get put in place afterwards. So are bump stocks available for sale within the Fifth Circuit at the moment? Okay, so no. So currently right now, there's um, there are two cases. We we have to decide whether to fight the being able to own and sell bump stocks in the Fifth Circuit, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. Or just focus on the Supreme Court. You know, financially, we had to make that decision, and we just decided to fight in just one court, which is in the Supreme Court. And so the lower court in the Fifth Circuit granted uh, the government's petition to do a, you know, to keep the ban in place. So the bump stock ban is still in place. We didn't fight that. We decided just to wait until we make it to the Supreme Court, because in the Fifth Circuit, at the Fifth Circuit, they said, hey, Bump stocks are not machine guns, and they sent the ruling. They sent that case back down to the lower court to decide, you know, either to grant it, you know, Michael Cargill to be able to get his bump stocks back, or just Texas, or all citizens, or you know, you know, just Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, or all states. So they said, okay, what we'll do is we'll just wait until the Supreme Court rules on this, and we'll just keep the, you know, the the ban in place. And once the Supreme Court rules, then we'll go back and revisit it. So we didn't we didn't fight that. We just said, OK, we're not going to fight this in both courts. We just let the Supreme Court decide and then we'll deal with it then. Yeah, well, I, and obviously, I mean, I, I, I think that was the uh, the right choice to make with the Supreme Court granting cert. Um, did you have any concerns that uh, that you would uh, appeal to the Supreme Court and they would just say, nah, we know that there's this split in the appellate courts, but now we're not going to accept this case? Or did you feel pretty confident that because you've had some courts say, oh, well, the ATF's doing is fine, and other circuit courts have said, no, it's completely a, a, an abuse of authority. Did that lead you to believe that the Supreme Court was going to be interested in taking this case? Well, I never you know, want to anticipate what a court is going to do or what a yeah. jury is going to do. Uh, so we, we just hope that you know my attorneys did the best they possibly could do for myself, you know, as their client, and also for the American people to fight for this case and fight, we thought what was right. And so I'm happy that the Supreme Court, you know, granted cert, and I'm happy that this is going forward, you know, and so we'll see what happens. And, and I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court will do what we hope them to do, which is, you know, saying, hey, bump stocks are not a machine gun, and the ATF cannot create a right law. And this, is, this will help us with all the different other parts and pieces that the ATF is banning. Absolutely. It is a critically important case. And uh, Michael, I'm glad that you're a part of it. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you for everything that you do. Uh, I hope that things are going well for you. Are, are things busy at the store these days? Uh, things are picking up. We're getting to the holiday season, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, Hanukkah, Christmas, you know, Kwanzaa, whatever, whatever people are celebrating, you know, we're getting to that season right now and things are moving right along. And so, uh, we're standing here with our fingers crossed, you know, and our toes crossed, waiting for February or March to make it to Washington, D.C.
Absolutely. Well, listen, man, thank you again for your time today. I know we'll be talking before oral arguments of the Supreme Court, but uh, hopefully we get a chance. I'll ma- you know what? I would make the three hour drive from Central Virginia up to D.C. to uh, hang out in person if you're going to be there for the oral arguments. So we will definitely be connecting again very soon. And of course, you know, if folks are in the Austin area, uh, Central Texas Gunworks, you guys are open. What are your what are your hours in case I want to pay you a visit uh, and see you in person? Shake your hand. Absolutely. We're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 on Sunday, 10 to 1. And I'm always here. Awesome. Michael, thank you again for everything you do. It was great spending some time with you today and look forward to continuing the conversation in the near future. Yes, sir. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. There you go. Michael Cargill with us here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My thanks to Michael for joining us here on the program. Looking forward to having him back again in the near future. Now let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day. And our recidivist report. We'll start there with a a case out of California. Fremont murder suspect had just been put on probation. This is according to the uh, Berkeley Banner newspaper. Uh, 34-year-old Lorenzo Alante Haley uh, had been placed on probation just several weeks ago for a violent attack on a stranger back in January. He was also ordered to participate in mental health treatment as part of his probation plan, according to court records. Now he is facing murder and attempted murder charges for a double shooting in Fremont on November the 12th. Authorities say one of the rounds that was fired that day entered a nearby motel room, nearly struck somebody inside. Police have offered no motive for the murder case, but the Berkeley Banner reports that uh, court records reviewed by, excuse me, the Berkeley Scanner, uh, reviewed on Monday, indicates that Haley had a history of violent, sometimes erratic behavior. In January of this year, according to his court file, Haley attacked a man who was working in an auto parts store. The injuries were so severe that the man was left intubated and unconscious at Highland Hospital with a traumatic brain injury. After he attacked the auto worker, the auto parts uh, worker, he then went into a pizza shop next door, challenged customers to a fight. Nobody took him up on it. Uh, he then punched the restaurant door, fracturing the glass before he left. In that case, Haley was sentenced to felony probation on October 24th. He spent about five months in jail, but that's the only time behind bars that he spent in this attack that, again, left somebody unconscious and intubated in a hospital. As part of his probation, he was ordered to meet regularly with a social worker and to, quote, participate actively in mental health treatment with Bay Area Community Services to, uh, quote, make sure he's getting these services he needs. That, uh, according to the judge. Um, It's unclear at this point whether or not he actually did any of that in the 19 days between the time that he was sentenced to probation and the time that police say he, uh, again, killed a man and injured another uh, in Fremont, California. On November 2nd, though, according to uh, court documents, he failed to appear in a pending misdemeanor prowling case that had been charged with a month earlier. Authorities then issued a bench warrant for his arrest. They didn't find him. Until November the 12th, when Fremont police were dispatched to a Motel 6 where they found two men on the ground who had been shot, both men taken to the hospital. One man ultimately died. One witness said the shooter fired twice at one of the victims when he was already on the ground. The wife of the man who died told police that she saw the suspect flee the scene. Uh, She later identified Haley as that individual. Fremont officers, quote, flooded the area and arrested Haley a short distance away uh, in the uh, flight path that he took uh, running from the scene of the crime. Uh, He allegedly tossed a face mask, his jacket, and an empty magazine from a firearm. Uh, No gun has been recovered, but the Berkeley Scanner reports that community surveillance surveillance cameras spotted Haley running from the scene, holding a gun, and then jumping over a fence to evade capture. So again, 
Here we have somebody in California. By the way, a long list of felony convictions, according to Fremont Police. Carjacking case in 2009, pled down to felony vehicle theft. Uh, one of his earliest felony convictions, August of 2012, was for possession of a firearm by a felon. Uh, that was uh, uh, followed up with uh, another gun possession case in 2012. One was reduced to possession of ammunition. Second case resulted in a short stint in county jail and five years of probation. Four years ago, Haley had five felony convictions, evasion, vehicle theft, grand theft, as well as two counts of commercial burglary. Uh, one of the burglary counts resulted in a short prison stay. The other convictions resulted in probation. He also has a felony burglary case from 2021 that resulted in probation. So again, all kinds of opportunities for the state of California to uh, keep Mr. Haley behind bars. But time and time again, he was sentenced to probation for his crimes, even for violent offenses. Yeah, California's soft on crime policies strike yet again. Now, today's armed citizen story, Colorado Springs, Colorado, where a uh, reported home invasion resulted in no injuries either to the homeowner or the suspect, although it did result in a uh, shot fired. Police were called to the uh, residence at Austin Bluffs just after 3 a.m. Monday morning on a report of shots fired. Uh, when they arrived, they uh, spoke with the homeowner. Um, police wrote in their uh, online blotter, information was obtained that a home invasion had occurred within an occupied apartment of this location. Resident fired a shot at the lone intruder who forced entry into the apartment. The suspect was located by officers in the nearby area and was taken into custody for burglary-related charges. No injuries reported. Suspect identified as a man named Skylar Cisneros. Uh, as of Monday morning, he was in the El Paso County Jail. However, uh, who knows how long that will be the case there in uh, Colorado. And uh, finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. A priest in Washington State who helped deliver twin babies outside of a cathedral. Yeah, this is uh, not what the uh, priest in question was expecting to uh, to do. He was actually on his way to get donuts uh, for an engaged couple ahead of a uh, marriage preparation meeting. But as uh, Fox News' Emily or Emma Colton reports, the uh, Reverend Jesus Mariscal um, walked outside the cathedral, St. Paul Cathedral in Yakima, this is back in September, and he heard a woman crying out for help, screaming, I'm having it now, I'm having it now. He um, walked over to her. Uh, the woman, who's identified only as a homeless individual, told the priest that she was about to deliver her child. Uh, Mayor Scott noted uh, blood at the woman's feet. He called 911 with a call on speaker uh, and then followed the uh, dispatcher's instructions on how to help the woman in her delivery. A baby boy was born just a few seconds later. But uh, soon after the priest handed the child to his mom, she screamed that another baby was on the way. And then she gave birth to a second son. That baby, however, still in the amniotic sack, according to a police report. So the priest saw the baby moving around the sack, was instructed by the 911 operator to pierce the sack, remove the child. He actually had to tear the sack open with his hands. The child was not responsive. The umbilical cord was wrapped around its neck and he wasn't breathing. So the priest turned the child on his side, tapped the back until the child actually <gasps> took that deep breath and cried out. Uh, what an amazing sound. Uh, Yakima Bishop Joseph Tyson said, I'm grateful for Father Jesus being there to help the mother and her children. We need to serve everyone. The uh, priest placed the second 
child in the mother's arms, ran to get towels from the rectory, all before paramedics arrived on scene. He said it was a surreal experience. It was like something from a movie. I'm there holding a baby with my bloody hands, and the baby was all bloody as well, and I'm dressed in clerics and a priest in front of the shrine of Our Lady, and I'm thinking, what is God trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me, God? What is this about? Well, the babies were born premature, family taken to a local hospital, but according to uh, Fox, they are now doing well. And uh, Father Mariscal visited the newborns and the mom while they were in the hospital, telling the uh, Catholic extension that he texted the engaged couple who was supposed to be meeting and apologized for being late. He said the uh, couple thought it was a joke. He said, uh, I'm sorry I'm late for our appointment. I was just helping a lady deliver twins. The uh, couple responded, LOL, Father, you don't have to lie. Well, not going to do a thing like that, but again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Father uh, Jesus Mariscal in Yakima, Washington, we thank you for your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you in this edition of Marion Arms Cam and Company, but we will be back tomorrow. We are going to take Thanksgiving off, but we will have a show for you on Wednesday. Looking forward to being with you once again. And don't forget to check out BarryandArms.com throughout the day. We're keeping you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Sometimes even international news about uh, our ability to keep and bear arms. Not a right in a lot of other countries. Should be, but it's not. Thankfully, we live here where the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, at least in theory. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.